Show number 85 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Mira el culito! And for those of you who don't know, that means look at his butt and espanol! Wee! <laughs> <laughs> and French! <laughs> well. So what is this? Show 85? 85? Yeah. Wow. Still, we say that every time. Chugging on towards 100. It's going to be great. I know. Well, we got some news. So, some news that isn't even news, actually. Okay. So this That's was, the best kind. Yeah. Uh, so this was something that popped up, and nobody, I don't think anybody knows where this particular rumor came from. Um, I believe it was credited to a, a reliable source, which I think was National Enquirer. Uh, <laughs> so I will read this. Um William Shatner nearly died during an operation. During a hip replacement operation, the Star Trek legend underwent the routine procedure at Los Angeles Cedar Sinai on January 25th and reportedly developed a heart complication while under anesthesia. And um, you sent this to me with the note that says, Bill has denied this on the BBS of his website, just in case you heard anything. Yes. So it was completely fabricated. It was, it was all made up, and then there were a couple variations on it. One was that he had two surgeries, and in between them had a heart attack, mm. and... No. So none of that's true. None of that. Okay, good. Bill is fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's still shilling and... Um, He's invincible. He is. He is invincible. Yep. Okay. Um, so let's talk about uh, the movie thing. Okay. Um, yeah, the movie. Now, as you know, I'm avoiding spoilers, so um, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with plot or casting or anything else. But the movie release date has been pushed out now until May. And the official story is that with the writer's strike, several things that were supposed to come out during those times um, aren't going to. And so suddenly, like, a really prime weekend was available. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe, but I think it also gives them some more time to do whatever they're going to do. And because they couldn't do any rewrites during this whole filming period, I think they might still be doing some additional shooting. Mm-hmm. That's speculation yep. on my part. But so. so so it's pushed back. Yes. Um, so we'll just have to wait a little bit longer. But, you know, if it makes it a better movie, so be it. Okay. Okay. The Star Trek optional punctuation, the tour, mm-hmm. has been extended. Yes. Doing so, well in Long Beach. There you go. So, so again... To all those people who were saying that there are new, no new Star Trek fans and that it, the Enterprise is reaching the end of its rope and that there is no future for Star Trek, what the fuck were you thinking? Well, <laughs> amazing as it may seem, sometimes people are wrong on the internet. <laughs> I know, I know it's it's hard to believe. So yeah, doing a lot of business in there and I just cannot wait until it comes to San Francisco. Well, and I went to the website again uh, just a few days ago and it still said nothing about dates or locations mm-hmm. for any place else. All right. Well, we're just gonna so, have to be patient. Well, yeah, we're right. just gonna have to be patient. Okay. Okay. So that's good. Um, so those were three things right there. <laughs> you have you have things. I have things. Things. Okay, I have things. Let me get to my things. Um Oh, those. Those. Okay. Um, I sent this to us again, to our Gmail account. I'm going to post this to the blog with the subject that you put on it. (laughs) Okay. It's great. In all caps. Yeah, in all caps. Ripped shirt, bloody Kirk action figure. (laughs) And then in small letters, and Spock. (laughs) Because that's what it should be. So, uh, a Diamond Select release 
One of the most memorable moments in Star Trek history is recreated in perfect detail with this action figure two-pack. Two-pack. Featuring Ooh. Captain Kirk <laughs> and Mr. Spock as they face off in a duel to the death. <laughs> Based on the classic episode Amok Time, mm-hmm. this is one fight that won't be won by logic alone. Sculpted by Art Asylum. Each no, no, it's going to be won by deception. <laughs> yeah, and trickery. And trickery. And, and drugs. And drugs. Drugs in sports on Vulcan. Wow. Oh, my thought. God. Um, sculpted by Art Asylum, each six-inch figure features 20 points of articulation and battle-ready accessories. You get the pair of figures. Available June 2008. You can pre-order them on Shatner's website. But um, what it is, is uh, Kirk and Spock with the uh, lerpa, with crossed lerpas. We know what that symbolizes. (laughs) And uh, here's the big picture. Yeah. And it's uh, after Kirk has been cut. Yeah. Because so he's, he's got, got the ripped shirt with this, the blood stripe uh-huh. across his chest. Also, some interesting uh, trouser bulge trouser going on. Trouser wrinkle. Definitely. Yeah. Some- now, can I just say, those are some of the ugliest fucking figures that I've seen <laughs> in a long, long time. Not not the faces, but the way that the joints are articulated. Yeah. What's up with that? They're, they're just... It looks like they're, they're wearing armor. They do. It looks like their arms are plugged into the rest of their bodies. Mm-hmm. And the, the fabric, I mean, I appreciate the wrinkles around the crotch, but the rest <laughs> of the fabric wrinkles are just unnecessary and ugly. Well, and it also looks to me like Spock's little sash is not a free thing. No, no, that it's, it's plastic good, molded yeah. into the clothes. And the knees are ugly and they're all just ugly. Yeah, man. yeah. Just really well, ugly. and here's the thing. Spock, again, looks kind of Spocky. It looks a little angry, but, you know, mm-hmm. not angry enough to kill his best friend. He doesn't have blood fever. Yeah, he, he does not burn. He does not burn. Um, and Kirk looks like... Kind of like Wally Cleaver. <laughs> He does. And he doesn't look concerned in the slightest. That's, that's the thing. He's like, hmm. Mm, huh? Oh. Not yeah. in pain. Not concerned. No. Not even sweaty. No. It's just not very good, yeah. i got to say. But i got to say, the cross lerpus is cracking me up. It is. <laughs> it's code. It, it is. It's totally, totally chaos code. You know what it means. We know. We know. <laughs> and how much is it for those, oh, by the way? Oh, I don't know. Three gazillion? Let's see. How many Quatloos is it? Ooh, it's on sale for pre-order, twenty five ninety eight. Oh, wow. Well, I won't be buying them, but that was okay. interesting to know. Yeah, but it's interesting to know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they are still mining track for every dime they can get, which is a good thing. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Keeps it alive. Oops. Mm-hmm. I just came unplugged. Oh, no. Oh, no. The computer's unplugged. Oh, no. Not the one that's recording, fortunately. Okay. All right. So, uh, that was that topic. Good. We had another topic. <laughs> I believe. Oh, well, okay. Um, well, let's do this one because I've really been, been dying to do it. <clears throat> this was posted on one of the groups I'm on. And what it is, is there is somebody apparently had gotten this book of jokes uh-huh. of a, that had been lifted from the Internet. Okay. And uh, th- the one they posted was 46 things that never happened in Star Trek. <laughs> okay. Now, I've cut it down to about 12 uh-huh. that I thought were okay. actually kind of interesting. Go for it. So I want to read it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I want to read the subsequent post, which is much, 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 much funnier. But okay. here it is. The Enterprise goes to check up on a remote outpost of scientists who are all perfectly all right. <laughs> 
The crew of the Enterprise discover a totally new life form, which later turns out to be a rather well-known old life form wearing a silly hat. <laughs> Wait, that it did happen, I thought. <laughs> An enigmatic being composed of pure energy attempts to interface with the Enterprise's computer, only to find that it has forgotten to bring the right leads. <laughs> A power surge on the bridge fails to electrocute the user of a computer panel due to a highly sophisticated 23rd century surge protection feature <laughs> called a fuse. <laughs> I like that. The Enterprise is captured by a vastly inferior alien intelligence, which they easily pacify by offering it some sweeties. <laughs> A major Starfleet emergency breaks out near the Enterprise, but fortunately, some other ships in the area are able to deal with it to everyone's satisfaction. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Mm -hmm. This one I really love. Mood rings come back in style, jeopardizing Counselor Troy's position. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I like this one, too. Captain, I sense confusion. <laughs> Data falls in love with the replicators. <laughs> Kirk falls in love with a woman on a planet he visits and isn't tragically separated from her at the end of the episode. The captain has to make a difficult decision about a less advanced people, which is made a great deal easier by the Prime Directive. <laughs> um, Kirk's hair remains consistent for more than one consecutive episode. <laughs> I'd say or scene. Scene, yes, scene. Kirk gets into a fight and doesn't rip his shirt. <sighs> Kirk doesn't end up kissing the troubled guest female before she doesn't sacrifice herself for him. <laughs> now, our good friend Francine, who oh. is so, so funny, <laughs> sent her response to this, which are things that actually did happen. Oh, good. Okay. Good, 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 good. A power surge on the bridge does electrocute the user of a computer panel due to it being really cool to watch how they fly back over the bridge railing and roll around. Yes, yes. <laughs> The Enterprise is captured by a vastly superior alien intelligence, which gets all giggly girly after it sees Kirk with his shirt off. Yes. <laughs> the Enterprise is captured by a vastly inferior alien intelligence, which they easily pacify by offering it some sweeties and letting it see Kirk with his shirt off. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Kirk doesn't fall in love with a woman on a planet he visits and isn't tragically separated from her at the end of the episode. He just has sex with her and leaves. <laughs> that was almost every episode. That was a lot of them, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kirk's hair remains consistent for more than one consecutive episode, but we don't give a shit because we're too busy looking at his ass, and by ass, I really mean E-V-E. <laughs> Kirk gets into a fight and doesn't rip his shirt. Yeah, like that would ever happen. Uh -huh, uh -huh. This is my favorite, <laughs> and it's the last one. Kirk doesn't end up kissing the troubled guest female before she doesn't sacrifice herself for him. He doesn't have to kiss her. She just looks at his butt and then flings herself into a <laughs> volcano. <laughs> Those are really good. Those are really, like really like good. Mm -hmm. So very good. Thank yeah. you, Francine. Users, other things that did and didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Send them in. Send them in. That'd be great. Homework. We haven't had homework for a while. We haven't. Well, we haven't gotten um, a lot of stuff back except all of the comments on the captains, which was I was going to say, recently, we've got a lot of homework responses, the things on um, who would make good captains, oh, well, who would make bad stuff. captains. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, you guys have been really good on, on those homeworks. On that one. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And then we also have to compliment the people um, who might drop by just to say a single word on our blog. <laughs> like, nice. Nice. <laughs> So that, thanks. thanks for that. That made, that made me smile. It did make it me, made me happy. It was good. It was very good. Okay. Well, uh, let's take a little break and uh, okay. think about what we want to do next. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. People, pay attention and write it down this time. Comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. Email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. This entire podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This is TSFPN.com, the sci-fi podcast network. you found the best podcasts in the universe. All right. Many of you will remember that many shows back, we did a little tour of uh, some of my trekabilia and kept saying we were going to come and do Lena's sometime. And we are finally getting around to that. I've been listening for 15 minutes to her, I don't know, rootling around in her garage. <laughs> And bringing out a box of stuff, and just the stuff she has laid down here beside me is uh, mind-boggling and awe-inspiring. And the the picture she just showed me is pretty scary, too. So I'm going to turn this over to Lena and let her um, show me some of these things. We will, of course, take pictures, course. so this will go up on the Flickr account. But well, well, one of the first things to mention is that... Um, my specimens of the ugliest banks in the world. <laughs> they are so awesome. Are now on pedestals on either side of the television set. And they look damn good there, I have mm-hmm. to say. They really do. They really do. And the banks are? Kirk and Spock. Um, they look nothing like Kirk and Spock. They look more like Wiggles, actually, than <laughs> Kirk and Spock, i got to say. Yeah, but the one Wiggle has a weapon. That's true. And the other one has pointy ears. But that's really about it. And they kind of look like they're going through those badge readers you see at corporate offices. <laughs> they do. Or getting on the subway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got, you know, their, their BART ticket. Yeah, so there they are. Spock's especially look smart. those are ugly. And, you know, I think the price is still on the bottom of them. I think it was $1.19 for each of those, oh, which my when I God. bought them in 1970 Do you remember where you bought them? Oh, Woolworths? no. It was, probably was. It probably was in Woolworths or something oh, wow. like that. So there they are. It's been fun sitting here having them looking at us. It, it, it is really yeah. nice. Now, these three items I obviously <laughs> got at the same time. And we've mentioned them many, many times before, but now I... I Not these two. I oh. never had heard of these two. <laughs> so these all came out um, at the same time as... The movie, the, the, the first movie. When they were so desperate to sell anything Star Trek to make this thing live again. And I remember seeing these in the store and going, I actually thought to myself, I should buy these because they're Star Trek memorabilia. Like wanting Why to else them. would you buy them? No, no reason at all. So the first, and the color choice is kind of interesting, isn't it? So we got these two boxes. These are obviously from the same company. And these are Star Trek cleansing towelettes, 20 moist disposable towelettes. 
An antiseptic fragrant towelette recommended for medical, hospital, and everyday use. Cleans face, hands, and body without soap or water. Air dries in seconds. Directions. Tear open packet, unfold towelette, and use. And it makes no reference to Star Trek. No, it just... Like, this is what Kirk used to clean up after, you know, heavy sex sessions. So, let me see. I'm sure that I never, ever used any of them. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, they're all here. Okay. And um, this is what the actual... <laughs> See, I never even took them out of the oh, box. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's so oh. funny. There are really cheesy pictures on the front. That is funny. They're all the same, except that they alternate with one picture of the Enterprise. Oh, okay. So it's Kirk, Spock, Enterprise. Enterprise. Kirk, Spock, Enterprise. And it, yeah, it is the, the, you know, JFK hair from what we mentioned uh Previously, Yeah, yes. previously. Oh, That's pretty funny. <gasps> I wonder if they're still moist inside. Somehow I doubt it. I think they probably completely dried up. The alcohol's all gone out. Oh. Do they have an expiration date on them? Let's see. There's something punched I into see, them, I'm but I think that. that's a lot no, number. No, that's just a lot number. There's no expiration date. Oh, this is too funny. And what is really funny to me is they are, this company just simply took these packets mm-hmm. that, that look like, you know, the packets that condoms come in. Mm-hmm. And, um... They make this company makes towelettes and they just stamp Star Trek and these pictures on them. And there's like no reference, like stay as as, as neat and clean as, no. as James T. Kirk or you know, anything, nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. That's so, really 1979 is the date on those. So that is exhibit one, <laughs> exhibit two are the extra large plastic adhesive bandages. <laughs> Let's air in, keeps moisture out, won't stick to wound, permits wound to heal quickly. For best results, before cleaning, be certain skin is clean and dry. Change dressing as needed. So on the front of this little box, it's also bright pink, very gay. Yes, yes. These are both gay boxes. Well, the, the cleansing towels are sort of a salmon color. Well, actually, if you look on the side of the cleansing towels box, it's by Adam Joseph Industries. This looks like a porn company to me, the way that they have their logo done. You know, I was just thinking that if this had not been like 19, what was it, 79 or uh-huh. something, um, a few years later, they would have been able to make Star Trek condoms. Yeah, totally. And they would have been in this box. Yeah. So okay. um, the cover of this box has the Enterprise um, firing phasers at a Klingon ship. Who's going to need bandages. Which I guess they're <laughs> going to need bandages. And um, again, never took these out of the box, so I don't really know what they look like. I can't believe we never even took them out. Oh, uh, ooh, they're all crunchy and everything. Won't stick to wound. Oh, I don't really want to open it. Don't open it. I won't. Sterility guaranteed if package has not been opened or damaged, it says. But there's, it's got a picture of the Enterprise on it. There's a little picture on the back, though, which seems to indicate that the Band-Aids themselves, these are large Band-Aids, um, has little pictures on it of the the Enterprise the shooting ship. a Klingon ship. Yeah. Oh my These God. are the kinds of band-aids that you put on your knee when you fall off yes. your bike. The really big ones that cover your whole knee. And wouldn't, wouldn't you look cool with a giant um, <laughs> yeah. bandage? So much cooler than like SpongeBob or, you know, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh-huh. Oops. Now, <laughs> uh, exhibit three <laughs> yes. is the Star Trek first aid kit. <laughs> Which is in a red container. But here's the thing. They are so advanced by the 23rd century that the entire first aid kit fits in a box that is probably four inches by three inches. Yeah, yeah. Contents. Ten Star Trek plastic adhesive bandages. I think they need Band-Aids. Uh, two Star Trek cleansing towelettes. One bottle of first aid cream. Two non-adherent sterile pads. Two adhesive tape strips. And one first aid instruction card. Let's see Let's this. see if I can open it. Mm-hmm. 
all still in there. So here are the Band-Aids. Now, you can sort of see them through the paper. Yeah, you kind of. Oh, you can. Oh, look. Look, they have faces on them. <gasps> oh, oh, no. They got Dr. McCoy's face on them. How can you tell? Because <laughs> you can see it. You've got better eyes than me. Oh, and there's Kirk on this one. Really? Yeah. You're making this up. No, seriously. Here, look. Let me press it down for you. Look. Oh, wow. So oh. here's some tape. Uh-huh. Here's more Band-Aids. There are quite a few Band-Aids in here. Whose pictures have oh, the oh, lotion? Oh, look, look at the tape. <gasps> look at that. Oh, wow. Spock's giving us the Vulcan finger salute. Yes. And then the um, pads are nothing. They're just regular um, things. But this is brilliant. This looks like it was printed in 1939. Oh, my God. The first aid thing. <laughs> Wait, there's supposed to be a thing of lotion in here. Oh, I don't know what happened to that. Oh, I was really wanting to see oh, that because I'm I want to see whose picture was on it. Yeah, it's supposed to have first aid cream. Yeah, oh. I don't know. Okay, all right. So um, so uh, what does it tell us? Well, first steps to first aid. When you come upon an injured person or the scene of an accident, quickly and carefully size up the situation. Think first of the four Bs. Breathing, bleeding, broken bones, and burns. Unless you are certain that the patient is not in serious or immediate danger, but send for a doctor at once. Maybe you could call 911. I think one. this is before. This is absolutely pre 911. I love the instructions for poisoning. Poisoning. Get medical care at once. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing in this kit that's going to help you with poisoning. Nope, that's it. You're, you are fucked <laughs> if you're poisoned. You are fucked. It doesn't actually say that. <laughs> but you know. Where's like the medical minute. and the psycho tricorder? There's Jeez. no psycho tricorder in here. But this is hilarious. I'm looking through this little thing. It's got breathing, bleeding, shock, broken bones, uh, burns, poisoning, cuts and abrasions, puncture wounds, dislocations, and sprains. For dislocation, it says occur at joints. Treat them as if they were fractures. That's it. That's the whole entire instruction for dislocation. <laughs> Puncture wounds may be serious. If Wait, let me ask you this. Yes. If you look up fractures, does it say see <laughs> dislocations? It doesn't actually have a section on fractures. It does have one on broken bones, so you have to know. Oh, okay, okay. But for puncture wounds, it says, may be serious if dirt or infectious material is carried into the tissues. Should be seen by a physician. That's it. <laughs> don't try and clean it or anything. No, Just don't, go no. see your doctor. Yeah. You might want to spit on it. Or something. Yeah. Or maybe a little alcohol. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, spit's good enough. And you've always got some. You know, you yeah, might not have alcohol. Yeah, that's true. Self-replenishing. These are incredible. So, and yes. uh, I just noticed on the back, the Adam Joseph Company yes. is in San Francisco. I wonder if they're still in business. Selling uh, Britney Spears first aid probably, kits now. Probably. So anyway. <laughs> yep. I that's remember. like a Barbie's Barbie doll first aid kit. <laughs> In fact, if we peeled this off, we'd find Barbie doll I'm sure under there. We would. So the other thing that I thought would be fun to look at is this book, which is called Star Trek Intergalactic Puzzles. So we could probably do some of these. Like, are they? What kind of puzzles are they? They're like um, thought puzzles. And <gasps> oh my god, like I'm that. so bad at these. Well, let's. See. Are these gonna be like intergalactic math and and logic puzzles? Because oh, I am fucked if it, if that's well, let's the case. See. When was this published? 1977. Mm. So my brain shut down shortly before that. So. <laughs> there's a note from Spock in the front. What does this he have to say? Picture. Look at that. Really, it's like a fanfic drawing. Um, personal message from First Officer Spock. 
Half Vulcan. Half Vulcan, yes. <laughs> it is truly gratifying to me to see people involved in solving puzzles. Puzzles, after all, are solved by logical thinking, and that is a trait I feel. I feel. Most people would do well to cultivate. That's not Spock. He wouldn't say I, I know. This is not meant as a, as a criticism of people's emotional behavior. I myself am capable, to some extent, of emotional. Oh, uh, okay. Emotion. Wait a minute. This so isn't Spock. First of all, he would not admit that. Mm -hmm. Second of all, he doesn't give a flying fuck if it's critical <laughs> of people's emotional nature. And at times, I think that being totally human does have its advantages. Not Spock. No, no. Oh, my God. But I believe most emphatically that everyone can benefit from using his power, his power of logic more. And I trust that this book will allow that situation to occur. Wow, this is really badly written. Um, is this going to be easier or tougher than the Starfleet Academy game? Because <laughs> remember, question. we did so awesomely well on that. Okay, here we go. Oh, Are you ready? God, all right. Jeez. Um, this is more like a trivia game. Okay, I might do okay on that then. Cestus 3. Okay. At Cestus 3, the Enterprise finds sudden devastation, a sneak attack from nowhere without warning. Right. Pursuing the attackers, the Enterprise suffers another sneak attack. Another sneak attack. Superior beings glom Kirk and pit him against a talking Tyrannosaurus. They glom him? <laughs> talking wow. Tyrannosaurus. Uh -huh. For the fate of both their starships and the fate of the species. So, okay. question one. Cestus wait, wait. i got to point out some things that are wrong here, first of all. <laughs> talking they never glommed. <laughs> it was a Gorn, not a Tyrannosaurus, and it did not talk. It just grunted and went... <laughs> <all this. laughs> <laughs> Question one. Oh. Cestus III was the site of A, a Federation outpost, B, a treaty port in the Roman, Romulan neutral zone, or C, a massive Federation military installation of clearly aggressive purpose. A, Federation outpost. Oh, I have to look up the answers. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm right. Okay. okay. Two. <laughs> Question two. The attackers, A, wiped out the men and spared the women and children, B, struck without previous contact, negotiation, or warning, or C, neither. B. I think that's right. Yeah, I remember the guy saying, uh, they came out of nowhere, Jim. Because <laughs> everybody who's hurt in Starfleet gets yeah. to call him by his first name. Yeah. That's one of the perks. Because they know him. No, that's, that's a perk. You a can't perk do that. Injured. Okay. Question three. The Metrons, A, were an advanced species who obviously followed no prime directive of non-interference. B, declared that they would destroy the ship of the starship captain who lost the fight to the death, which they staged. C, both, if you can call that advanced. Where's um, D, simply wanted some sweeties. <laughs> Not on here. Um, B, the thing about destroying the captain. Okay. Four. Regis. Question four. The Gorn, A, were allies of the Metrons, B, had previously been members of the Federation, or C, were a species unknown to the Federation. Who wanted some sweeties? Mm -hmm. C. Question five. During the fight, the Gorn used the translator to offer Kirk, A, peace with honor, B, a merciful death, C, an alliance against whoever was staging this. B. Question six. This is the judgment question. Uh-oh. Does right. it say that? This it is does. the judgment question? It's a judgment question right there. I'm going to be judged on my end. Oh, God. You okay. Ready? Okay. Why did Kirk, having defeated the Gorn, refuse to kill him? A. He oh, good. There's, there's answers. This is not like an open-ended answer. <laughs> okay. This is not for comments. Okay. A. He never intended to kill him. Oh. B. He felt empathy for him as a commander who had fought to save his ship too, and he refused to perform for the Metrons by killing a helpless enemy. Or C, he believed the Gorn attack on Cestus III was justified. B. Could be A, though. Yeah, and, uh, no, I think it's B. I think we definitely see a moment of change there. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. I did good on that one. You and did that, really that good. wasn't a puzzle. There we go. That was Star Trek knowledge. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There's and a lot we know of I excel at that. Weird logic questions in here that are like, uh, you know, y- there are five people and you have to figure out who goes from tallest to shortest. I know. Oh, man. Those, oh, man. Those are worse. I get a worse headache from those than an ice cream freeze. Yeah. Okay. So let's skip some of those. Yeah. No tough questions. Just easy ones. Here we go. Planet M113. The Enterprise calls on an archaeological team and finds a living relic. It is the last survivor of the intelligent inhabitants of M113, now a lone creature with a lethal craving for salt and a perfect power of illusion. As it murders murders Enterprise personnel, they are faced with the riddle of the salt vampire and the illusion of their deepest desires. It actually says salt vampire right here. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me get a little comfortable. Yeah, that's the thing in the show. They never called it that. They called it the creature. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. This is a funny answer. Question one. The archaeological team on M13 was headed by A, Professor Robert Crater, B, Judge Crater. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where he went. Oh, wow. Or C, the creature in human form. (laughs) Of A. (laughs) Judge Crater is a great answer. It's really funny. Number two, Nancy Crater had been the old flame and lost love of A, Captain Kirk, B, Dr. McCoy, or C, Scotchy. <laughs> it's a really C, Scotchy. No, I made that uh, B, Dr. McCoy. But probably A, too. Yeah. <laughs> Question three, quote, you haven't aged a day, quote, could, be, could have been A, an early clue to the illusion creature who appeared young to one, old to another, B, a less than literal compliment to an old flame, C, both of the above, it was missed as a clue and taken as a compliment. C. Yes. Question four. Kirk saw Nancy Crater as A, a woman with graying hair whom he described as a handsome woman, B, a young woman with black hair and a nearly unlined face, or C, an old woman. A. Mm -hmm. Question five. The M113 creature first showed itself to a crewman of the landing party as A, Nancy Crater, B, an attractive, seductive woman, or C, a native. What the hell does that Another mean? salt vampire? Okay. Um, I, B. Okay. Question six. Judgment question. <gasps> what error did that crewman make? A. While on duty to be let off by anyone. <laughs> B. Not to report the presence of a strange person, especially on a planet with few inhabitants, or C. Both. Both. I, both. Yeah. And yeah. more, too. And, I, yeah. yeah. Question seven. For that error, he paid with A. His life. <laughs> B, demotion to lower rank, or C, confinement to quarters. <laughs> A, yeah. his life. All right. Question eight. When Spock and Kirk were in danger on the planet A, Spock warned Kirk against risking himself. B, they split up to have a better chance of killing Crater, or C, Kirk ordered Spock back to the ship. Hmm. I'm not remembering too clearly, but I'm thinking B, they split up. Um. Yeah, could be. I don't really remember either. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to skip because there's some dumb questions in here. But here's another, here, the judgment question. Okay. Okay. And this relates to some podcasts that we've had just recently. Podcasts? Podcasts. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to say previous podcasts and it got all jumbled Podcasts. Okay. Judgment question. Both the M13 creature and the Horda killed people, but the Horda <gasps> was understood and forgiven and the Saul vampire was killed. What do you think were the most important reasons for the difference? A. Oh, God. I keep thinking it's an essay question and I'm like, oh, wow. Pressure of events made it difficult to consider alternatives such as giving the creature salt or stunning it instead of killing it. 
B. The Horda killed in defense of her young against alien invaders who were murdering her babies, but the salt vampire murdered. It killed beings which it knew were intelligent beings for what it needed, without any effort to negotiate, trade, or make friends. C. Both. But B is more important. The Horda was essentially innocent and decent, and a peace could be made. An illusion creature, which was a real murderer, could not be safely left, even on its own planet, to wait for the next starship. Now that's, okay, here's my judgment, and it's not one of the options they give you. Mm -hmm. I say both, but A is more important. Hmm. Because if you remember when they killed the salt vampire, mm -hmm. it was kill in the act of killing Kirk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. I so I would say the pressure of the moment. Yeah, I still don't think they should have killed it, though. No. In my things. They should have put it in a zoo and studied it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so much oh. more merciful. I, okay, we have to do this one. And then we'll we'll quit this, and we'll find some more stuff for later. This is the philosophy thing, like like all A is B, and all B is C, okay. therefore all A is C. But this is great. Okay. In a reflective mood, Mud tells Jim Kirk what he has learned about women in his galactic escapades. He narrows it down to this: number one, some women are sexy. Number two, all women love. Three, anyone who is sexy sings. Four, some sexy people do not love. <laughs> Now, assuming that the above statements are absolutely true, which of the following statements must be true and which must be false? We don't have to work this out. I just like the examples. Okay, because you know what I was going to say? We were going to have to do a video segment. Yeah. Because, uh, first of all, there, there's the expression on my face. But secondly, <laughs> the answer would be that moment in um, Whom God's Destroyed, uh, where Kirk is going, ah, and pounding and falling to his knees. That would be my answer because, oh. But see, I think... That um, you could do these true or false without having the little setup that they just had there. I think you could just say that these are either true or false. So, A, all sexy women love and sing. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> B, all singers love. Also true. Yes. C, all women singers love. Definitely that's true. true. And D, some sexy people neither love nor sing. I think that's true. That's too. true, too. Yeah, so... See, easy. True, 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 true. What are the pictures? Are oh, nice? so there, there are mazes in here. <gasps> Wait, look, what? it's how you get to Kirk. <laughs> you have to make up sentences, see? <gasps> oh, that's that. a fun one. Well, you know what I can do is, is Xerox some of these pages out so we could actually work on them. Oh, that is that too fun. funny. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, so then there's the Deadly Apples game, and there's Cut the Cake, and there's... <laughs> There is. That's what it's called. The Uncharted Region, Baylock's Image. It's, it's one of these like uh -huh. um, weird things that you stare at it and, and things happen. <laughs> um, there's cryptograms in here. Oh, I actually did some of this stuff. Look, oh, look, boy. Note, I did it in pencil so well. I could erase it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is great. Oh, but this is going to be really bad for the, uh, <laughs> for the podcast. There are pictures. Oh, we'll do it anyway. There are pictures, and you have to identify what it is from a little snippet of a picture. <gasps> so the first one is easy. Like, this is a, an Andorian antenna. Okay. This is the Mugatu. Right. Right. This is Spock's, Spock's ear. ear. This is a communicator. We could do these really fast. Yeah. That's um, Dr. Uh, what's his name who took them Hippie. to? Hippie. Hippie guy. Hippie doctor. Yeah. This is Baylock's eye. This is Scotchy. Gorn. Isn't that Gorn? Oh, yeah, you're right. I was yeah. looking at it wrong. Okay. I'm not sure what that is. It's a weird picture. It, yeah. It's kind of a blob, a yeah. big old blob. This is also a communicator. But <laughs> note the answer right here. It doesn't <laughs> say Kirk. It's a Shatner. With an exclamation <laughs> point. It's his lips. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if 
I wrote that. Probably. Of course, it's your handwriting. I recognize so it. So funny. Anyway, we'll definitely play more with this book later, but I just thought that that was really fun. That is oh, that's Star Trek one. intergalactic puzzles. It, wait, wait, wait. I want no. It is not that. What? It is intra. It says intra. <gasps> intra galactic oh, puzzles. See, I didn't even catch that. I thought it said intra. Gathered from all over the galaxy, spaced out puzzles to mystify, amuse, and enlighten Star Trek fans, including the most baffling of all. Spock challenges you to solve the incredibly difficult Vulcan interlocking puzzle, a most pleasing and perplexing test of concentration and mind skills. Yeah. And then he teaches you that dance that Vulcan school children <laughs> do. That's wonderful. So we'll talk about one more thing on this segment, which is an issue of this magazine called Crawdaddy. I have seen this cover, um, you know, mm-hmm. reproduced on the net. Well, this is 1976, and... Um, it says, oh, Captain, my captain, inside the new Star Trek. And it's a very long article. It's an interview by a guy named Ed Naha, who was a writer at that time, who wrote a lot for things like Cream Magazine and Circus, uh-huh. and he also wrote for these. And he was a great music writer, but he was also a big geek and used to write about Star Trek, too. So it's a very long interview with Bill and a bunch of other stuff as well that talks about how they were trying to get the new Star Trek stuff started. So, I mean, it just goes on and on. Uh-huh. Now, by the new Star Trek, do they mean uh, TMP? Uh, the, the motion picture? Not yes. Next Gen? Okay. Well, I think, no, it was way before Next Gen, but oh, it was when they thought Star Trek 2. Yeah. When they thought they were bringing the series back. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I think we both need to read this, and I'll probably scan some of it in mm-hmm. here um, so people can see it. But I've it, always loved that cover, Yeah, though. there's it's a, a picture of um, Shatner. Um, wearing a necklace. Wearing a necklace and sort of um, standing in front of a mirror that has a reflection of Kirk in it and got this, like, what the fuck look on his face. Yeah, who is that guy? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's great. There, there's, I remember that there was a lot of um, good stuff. Let's see. Here's a little quote I can read. Um, the rugged actor is 100% behind the Star Trek film and wants the world to know it. Watching the familiar face assume a variety of, of familiar and endearing expressions during the session which yielded Crawdaddy's cover photo, it is easy to imagine that Shatner and his alter ego Kirk are the same person, a concept which Shatner shares. Quote, I'm anxious to play the role again. In the film, the character of Kirk will be a bit different than the character in the show, but there won't be any startling changes because Kirk was basically me. His reactions were essentially mine. No matter how an actor tries to do otherwise, his character gradually assumes his own characteristics. You say the words written for you, but respond as yourself. The new Captain Kirk will be ten years more experienced than the old Captain Kirk because William Shatner, the actor, is ten years older. Shatner seems a totally charming guy and is very positive about his involvement with the Star Trek with Star Trek Past and Future. I'm not down on Star Trek, he emphasizes. He signs autographs easily, asking kids, how do you want it? When a boy answers William Shatner, the actor smiles. You got it right, kid. And he still looks more or less like Captain Kirk. How do you want it? Oh. Oh, and here's another really good quote. So remember, 1976, Shatner says... I don't foresee the Star Trek movement dying for quite a while. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Wait, now you've just read me like two paragraphs of that and Bill has not talked about sex. Well, that's only two paragraphs. <laughs> I'm sure he talks about sex in here. <laughs> Come on. Of course he does. He's Bill. Bill. He's Bill. He's Bill. He's Bill. So anyway, I, I think we need to scan this, read this, talk about this, digest it. Uh, yeah. And, and do some stuff. So yeah, vintage, vintage Shatner, nineteen seventy six. You're you're just an amazing collector. 
Just amazing. And then I'm going to bag it and board it <laughs> so I can put it away. No diggity? Want to bag it up? Bag it up. Oh, oh, Captain, my Captain. So um, let's take some pictures of this stuff. Yes. And we can put it up at Flickr and we'll probably put some stuff up at the blog as well. Uh, and we'll take a break and we'll come back with something else. Okay. Cue the music. Listeners, we had so much fun Mm -hmm. with that last segment, and we did not even get beyond the first uh, level of crap in the box. That's true. So we decided to continue. We're just going to plow ahead. To bravely and boldly go uh, where Lena hasn't been in years and years and years. I know. It's it's very scary. I want to just tell some people some of the other stuff, what I dug out of the box You here. go, because uh, well, this is pretty fun. This is my, my box of Trek stuff. Now, I packed up this box when I moved into my current house um, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. So I haven't looked at any of this since then. It's literally been on that shelf or the shelf otherwise. So what's in this box are the books that we talked about, the um, Shatner interview in Crawdaddy magazine, mm-hmm. and then... There's a bunch of issues of Enterprise incidents and Trek and some other stuff, and there's some beetle things in there. There's just a whole Beatle-y bunch. Things. There's a whole bunch of, of collectible, plus a bunch of printouts that I didn't realize were in here, including um, the, the story that everybody always talks about, which is Surrender by mm-hmm. Killa, copyright 1997, one of the first slash stories I ever, ever read, which definitely was my entree into mm-hmm. the good Trek yes, Slash. Yes. Um, Visions of Sugar Plum, one of my most favoriteest stories ever. And that's the one you and I read out loud. It was. For I a show. I love this story. I love this story so very, very, very much. You just love it because Brant stuffs a Kleenex, a snotty Kleenex no, up her sleeve. I love it because it's so hot. It's great. <laughs> um, there, there are a couple pages in here that I had printed out of um, KS zines for sale, just because I guess I was thinking I might buy some of them and mm-hmm. seeing what I had. So there's a whole bunch of those. And then there's a whole bunch of printouts of the um, the rude person stories, mm-hmm. which are just really, really funny. And maybe we'll still do that, including a printout of Kirk and Spock go ice fishing. Oh, really? Right here, yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that funny? And then I'm trying to figure out what this list is. It says, ask them TOS list. And it's numbered from 1 to 43. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that you wrote on here. And I don't know what this is a list of. Let me see this. I don't know why it's there, but there it is. And there's a story in here that Junk wrote called Rude Rich Person. So we're definitely That's very do funny. do the, something with all of these. Because I remember when, when she read that out loud yeah. to us. So I don't know why that, that Ask Him list is in here. It's in alphabetical order. Yeah. But, but Why? I don't know. Is there a date on the bottom of it? On the paper? November 27th, 1997. Oh, my God. And and it says stickies. Oh, so I must have made that list 
on the stickies program on my Mac and printed it, mm-hmm. but I still don't really know why I did that. Do you want to see if you remember any of these stories? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, I remember all your stories. Okay, then we'll skip mine. The Abduction by Shannara. No. It's a, a KF Hurt Comfort. And I'm sure I didn't read that. Okay, I can't even pronounce this, but it's A S H V apostrophe C E Z H. It's TOS parody by Laura Jacques Valentine. I don't know that one. Better Than Coffee by Grey Wolf. I remember probably, that title. I would probably know that one, yeah. The Captain's Women by N. Canner. It's a Randahura. Oh. oh, I do know that one. Yeah, I know that story. That's okay. a good story. The Craft. It's a Spock Sulu Other <laughs> by Angie. I remember Angie. I, don't I remember Angie. Name. Crazy Fingers by Grey Wolf. I don't remember that one. I don't know. Doing the Business by Slash Beast. Don't know that one. Okay, then there's something. <laughs> this, it's a Doing the Business follow-up, and it's by Robin. Oh, well, that must have been good. Okay. Uh, Facts of the Matter by, by Laura Valentine. Mm-hmm. First Light by Laura First Love by Jane Seaton. Remember uh, Jane? Yes, of course. Friend in Need by Jane. Uh, wow. Now, I remember this title, I Let Myself. It's a KS story. Mm-hmm. By Fern. Nope. I Never by Jane. Journey on the Way to Babel. Weren't Jane's stories mostly uh, Chekhov stuff? Uh, well, this one has Chekhov in it. Mm-hmm. Yes, they all have Chekhov yeah. in it. She was one of the Chekhov people. Uh, oh, my God, some of these these people's names. Kirk's and Killer's Revenge by Tamini. <laughs> Remember? Yes. Minglewood Blues, Grey Wolf. Oh, Minglewood Blues. Never and Always by Reku. Uh-huh. Uh, Night by Chris Manjay. No Man by Reku. On Trial by Judy Grant. I remember that. Paid in Full by Slash For Me. Oh, no, Jatona. Predicament Tonight. Remirrored by Jane. Let's see. (laughs) Here's a story that everybody has talked about. I mean, not on our show, but you used to hear people talking about it a lot. And they all thought it was so clever, and I always just thought it was dumb. The Sock Strikes Back. Do you remember that one? No. It's it's one of those Kirk and Spock are stuck down on a planet or something <laughs> in sleeping bags and um and so they fuck and for some reason oh they don't want to make noise yeah. to wake up other people. And so maybe they don't fuck. Maybe they just jerk each other off or something. But anyway, one ends up wearing a sock on his dick and the joke is that he gets athlete's foot. That's not funny. I know. <laughs> well, it's here on your list. <laughs> well, I don't know why it's on my list. I don't Strong know. Drinks. I remember that name by Angie. I don't remember the story. Well, I, I think we've listed a whole lot of stories. And for people who are interested in um, good fanfic, I know a lot of the stories on here are really good fanfic. Mm-hmm. So you could go and, and search some of them out, I think. Um, especially the ones by Jane, because Jane's stories were always good. Yes. Um, Grey Wolf stories were almost uniformly good. So, um, oh, look, Turning Point is down there. Ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha. <laughs> oh, look at the last one on here on the list. It's something you posted. 
it, that is my very first story. Really? And I still get feedback from people who like it, and I just go, oh. Do we even want to say the title of it? No, we oh, don't. Okay, we're not going to. It's going to remain anonymous. Okay. 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 So um, moving right along to some other things. I have a whole bunch of issues of the Star Trek Tennial News. What a great title. <laughs> I wish I'd come Boy, up with that. I wish I'd been in on that brainstorming yeah. session. <laughs> this was a newsletter put out by the Star Trek um, fan club people, the, the Lincoln Enterprises, which was run by Gene Roddenberry and um, Majel, because when he got divorced from his wife, he gave it to Majel sort of as a, as a gift. and To keep his wife from getting it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. which was kind of crappy of him. Um, so <laughs> I have a whole bunch of them because I used to subscribe to it, and they're amazing. They're, they're really very much in the vein of the, the zines at that time, so it's, you know, um, Xeroxed or mimeographed, I guess, and stapled together. It has 12 pages, and it has a bunch of news and a lot of fan contributions to it. So some really unfunny, badly drawn cartoons are in here. <laughs> I'll, I'll say. There's an interview with Gene Roddenberry, not too hard to get, because the person who edited this was Susan Sackett, who happened to be Gene Roddenberry's secretary at the time. So she probably just stuck a microphone in his mouth, and mm. they went on with it. But what's really interesting about some of these are... Um, the news at that time, so I want to read some of this. This was a news Wait, item. can I interrupt oh, yeah, for sure, a second? Sure. I think I just figured out what this is. What is it? This is probably all the TOS stories that were on Ask em In 77? In 97. Because wow. TOS was a very small part of it. Could be. Could well be. Yeah. Who? Okay, I'm sorry, but That's go ahead. Okay. Um, so here is uh, a story about Star Trek II which was going to be the other television series that followed it. So here's what it says. Remember, this is 77. I'm not sure what month it is. Uh, November, December, 77. Okay. All is proceeding well with the pre-production phase of Star Trek II. talks about the sets being done. The first episode is a two-hour movie for television, which may be released theatrically overseas. It was originally written by Alan Dean Foster and is entitled In Thy Image. Although we had signed someone to write the script from Alan's story, the writer was unable to do it, and now the script is being written by Gene Roddenberry and producer Harold Livingston. They are reworking the story as well. The opening episode will introduce our new characters, Zahn, a young, full-blooded Vulcan who has recently graduated from the Vulcan Science Academy. But this instead, we're going to toast him in the transporter. Yes. This is his first starship assignment and his first encounter with humans. Ilea, a female from the planet Delta V... This lieutenant is breathtakingly beautiful and totally hairless except for her eyebrows. Delta V, like in Delta of Venus. Oh, is that why they called it that? <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> it just occurred to yes. me. Oh, boy. Well, my goodness. Okay, okay sorry. That's okay. <laughs> my mind's boggling a little bit right now. Um, she is from a society which considers sexual expression of fondness for friends something along the lines of shaking hands. Oh, they're related to the people on uh, the Wolf and the Fold planet. <laughs> <laughs> Commander but they, here's the difference. They, they complete their sentences. <laughs> Commander Will Decker is the third new character. Note, sorry, he's not supposed to be related. He's not supposed to be related to Matt Decker. How interesting. The name was purely a random choice. We just did it to fuck with people. Yeah. Um, let me ask a question. In the movie, did they ever say that he's Decker's yeah, son? I think so. They actually say it? I think so, but I'm not sure. Okay. We'll have hmm. to check on that. <laughs> 
He, uh, he's second in command now that Mr. Spock has gone back to the Vulcan Science Academy to be its director. He's around 30 years old, and someday we'll have a starship under his command. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Most of the original cast have signed, and we are hoping to have Leonard Nimoy for at least some guest appearances. Uh, also, we are delighted to welcome back Grace Lee Whitney as Yeoman Rand. She's still a yeoman? <laughs> She's lame. Okay. Then on the back here... There are some little news items. Bill Shatner will be recreating his role as Captain Kirk in Star Trek II. He can also be seen in his recent film, Kingdom of the Spiders. Uh, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films has nominated him for <coughs> excuse me, a Golden Scroll Award for this role. In Kingdom of the Spiders? Oh my god. Citywide opening of this film is set for November in Los Angeles and is currently a national release. Bill has also been set to star to guest star in MGM Television's How the West Was Won miniseries, which will air in February. Did he do that? Yes, he did. Oh, I can't okay. remember who he played, though, but okay. he did. I believe he did. I'm pretty sure. That's very interesting. We could get out the Shatnerica, but we don't have to. We could. Okay. So, um, I remember getting this in the mail and being so excited to just, like, rip it open <laughs> and see all the stuff and look at the really crappy illustrations like this cover. Yes. Which has been drawn by pencil, you know, with a pencil and kind of pasted. Actually, it looks like it. it was done on a chalkboard. Maybe it was drawn on a chalkboard. And they know. took a picture Marker. of it. Yeah. Um, but the best part for me now, looking back these, low these 30 years later, are the pen pal sections. Now, pen pal sections have a special place in my heart because I had my name published in the pen pal section and, in fact, met other people through that pre-internet. That's how you got to know other people who didn't live in your town. And in looking through it now, I am just dying to know what happened to these people. I really want to know. Like, are they still Star Trek fans? Are they fans on the net? You know? What, what did this do? Did they make new friends? Did they get pen pals and stuff like that? So I'm going to read some of these. Okay. And we'll see. And maybe, who knows, we'll find some of these people. So this is our Where Are They Now segment. Where Are They Now? And I'm going to read the real names. And, um, you know, I'm not going to read their full addresses or anything. But I'll just say what town they're from. Okay. So this one, let's see, pen pals here. And here's what it says at the top. If you'd like to correspond with other Star Trek fans, send us a postcard with one sentence, 25 words or less, about yourself. Subscribing members only, so that you had to subscribe to this thing to put it in here. So, well, how else would you get this and know there's a pen pal well, section? Someone might give it to you. Oh, I see. Okay. So, usually, <laughs> I had to be on the list. Okay. And I understand that uh, I was just reading in one of these that the circulation for this thing was around three thousand, so mm -hmm. pretty small comparatively speaking. Mm -hmm. Pauline Turner, who lived in Denham Springs, Louisiana, she says, "I'm 13. Love everything on Star Trek and Star Wars. Love all types of music." Like Man from Atlantis and the Fantastic Journey. Please write. Pauline, where are you now? <laughs> I want to know. Veronica Richter, who lived in Maple Shade, New Jersey, not too far from where I grew up. I'm 15, love Star Trek and Bill Shatner. <gasps> also like Space, NASA, Kirk Spock relationship, and ST stories. Very lonely. No ST fans around here. Please write. How is Kirk Spock relationship written? Does it have the slash? It has a slash. I don't know. She's 15. I don't know. And what year is this? 77. Well, certainly chaos is going on then. I don't know. How about this guy? Dennis Crabtree from St. Louis, <laughs> Missouri. Age 29, so a little bit older <gasps> than the average Ooh. Hooked on Star Trek and SF in general. Write SF short stories and novels. Unfortunately, so far unpublished. Looking for fellow addicts, particularly female types in this area. 
Dennis Crabtree, did you get any novels published? I want to know. Well, did you get any women? Did you, did you get any women? David Fusel from Columbus, Ohio. I'm 16. Love Star Trek, Star Wars, Logan's Run, Space 99, spaceships, like to draw and paint, and I would like to learn to fly. He says. <laughs> Here's one more. This is from Joycelyn Lee. Maybe it's pronounced Jocelyn, but it's spelled Joycelyn. Or it could be a typo. That's true. In Honolulu. And she says, I'm 17, like Star Trek. Favorite actor, William Shatner. Yeah. Star Wars, Olga Corbett, Dark Shadows, Lord of the Rings. Asimov's books, David Selby of Dark Shadows, Legion of the Superheroes, comics, math, and space exploration. I like that she's very out front about she likes math. Good for her. I think that's great. Because that wasn't a girl thing in the 70s totally. at all. And oh, one more. I'll read one more. This is from Jane Sibley in Muskegon, uh, Michigan. I'm 30. Wow, so she'd be 60 now. She could hook up with um, Richard. Love Star Trek, science fiction, the good stuff, of course, and the philosophical, philosophical implication therein have a special place in my heart for James Kirk. Hee <laughs> I really want to know where these people are. I yes. might have to start Googling some of these people to find out. <laughs> you are you are the queen of Googling. I just you will know. Google anything. I just And you're shattered when it's not there. I am. Because I can find just about anything on the internet. These are really, really wonderful, these Trectennial muses. I'm so glad that you saved this stuff. Me too. I think it's great. I love it. I really love it. Okay. There's a couple more things in, in the old box. We just keep finding things the, <laughs> the more we delve into it. So here's a thing um, which has nothing to do with anything, but I thought I'd read it because I thought it was hilarious. <gasps> What's that? It's corrections. i got to read the first one. Is I don't it know. to one of these? I think to, to something. Okay, corrections. The communicator offered on page two of our catalog is no longer available from <sighs> us. We have had many serious problems with the manufacturer, Starfleet Command. They, d- they didn't actually fire phasers. <laughs> and cannot, in good conscience, continue to recommend their products. Mm. Wow. Well, that was um, ethical of them, I'd say. Well, anyway, that j- I, I like that they're manufacturing Starfleet Command and they're slamming them. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Um, so this was from an issue of National Lampoon, which I used to read back then, because it was funny back then, mm-hmm. not like now. And um, this was called From the Slush Pile. The following excerpts have been culled from unsolicited manuscripts <laughs> sent to a prominent editor of a serious fic- of serious fiction who wishes, understandably, to remain anonymous. So they're just little sentences. The first one says, Roger's breaths came heavier when his glance went to her full, long breasts, very rare to find anywhere. <laughs> Long. <laughs> <clears throat> Next one. Like Miss Chokes on Dick on, on the the, uh, the South Park. I'll take care of it, Sarah. Said the heavy male voice that belonged to Bob. <laughs> <laughs> he dis- got it in a raffle. <laughs> <laughs> the disembodied voice. Your quote. Your bedroom door's lockable. Elaine said, and I promise to keep out of your hair. <laughs> Who says lockable? <laughs> He was a great actor. His name was always first on the Marquise's list. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I don't know. I followed her body into the library, first with my eyes, then with my feet. It was well stacked with books. (laughs) (laughs) I had this 
great mental picture of his eyes going like boing, 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 and boing, the, the boing, turning around going feet, 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 come on, and the rest of his body stayed where it was. Yeah, just just eyes and feet. That was all that was really required. Leroy was 35 years old when he stabbed Harvey because he was greedy. It was a sad time for the family when they took him to prison. They all liked him. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was a sad time for Harvey, too. With nonchalance, which is hyphenated, I eased myself toward the door, conscious of the girl whispering to her cohort. You know what? I've never had a cohort. Aren't we cohorts? No, I think we're closer than that. We, we probably are. Well, we used to be cohorts. Maybe. Kind of co-conspirators. We co-conspirators, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Quote, how do you feel about that, she asked in a psychiatric tone, appropriate Freudian accent and all. I <laughs> <laughs> don't know what a Freudian accent is. I don't know what a psychiatric tone is. Through the door came a guy with big shoulders and a waist you could have slipped a donut around. He had a voice like a truck backfiring. <laughs> How would the donut firing. get over the big shoulders? I don't know. Okay. He, he had a voice like a truck backfiring. <laughs> <laughs> the small alarm clock exploded in the quiet stillness of the morning dawn. <laughs> I love that. I hate when my alarm clock explodes. Especially in the morning, morning dawn. Pick up all the pieces. Yeah. <clears throat> the church was as empty as the insides of a biopsy victim. <laughs> Did your brain just explode a little bit there? Yeah. (laughs) They get the last... More than that alarm clock did. Pardon? She asked in a tone that made me want to wash my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a really good non sequitur. I like this one. Okay. Quote, going to the washroom is one thing, I challenged her, and sneezing with your eyes closed is another. Another. And of course, I added sarcastically, death is the baby that makes three. <laughs> Whoa. <clears throat> he looked so dashing. That was a word she hadn't used in a long time, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a real teenage statement, yes. isn't it? Yeah, the archaeology professor said. I recently asked Mr. Bowman, the principal here at Harvard, for a raise, and he gave it to me. With the secure job on campus and the ruby, I have everything to live for. (laughs) The principal at Harvard. Harvard. I love that. Jill didn't think she was going to be able to get through this ordeal. Her mother was being tried for murdering her father. Imagine! (laughs) I can't! No, don't make me! (laughs) And the last one is, in in retrospect, she reviewed her statement. I think I think we need to, to um cuz it fits into this topic share that thing from earlier. Apparently they're having some sort of contest in Britain to find the worst <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. title for a book ever. And one of the uh contenders is how to write how to books about writing. <laughs> I really like that. I do too. Oh, okay. You save such interesting stuff. Oh, well, thanks. I, I think it is interesting. I'm glad it is still interesting 30 years later when I look at it. I want to ask you something, because when you brought up National Lampoon, um, it made me think of it. I remember the the movie parodies that Mad Magazine used to have in them, oh, yeah, which yeah. were very oh, funny. Oh, they were great, yeah. Um, did they ever do a Star Trek one? Yes. Yeah, they did. Okay, because I don't, I don't remember it. it. 
Um, you can find it. I'm pretty sure the scans of it are online somewhere. But yeah, they did. Okay. Just it, curious. I don't think it was that good. Mm. It wasn't one of the funnier things that mm -hmm. they ever did. Um, one of the, the guys who used to draw a lot of that was Mort Drucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know that him, name. I met him at the Cartoon Art Museum. Oh, cool. Um, a bunch of years ago. And he was just so nice. He was the nicest guy. And I had a book of his work that a friend of mine had given me to get him to autograph. And I was just telling him that I, I loved his art and, you know, his stuff was all around the museum. And he seemed really genuinely sort of touched that, mm -hmm. you know, me as an adult was saying, yeah, I loved this stuff as a kid. And it was just so nice to meet him. Yeah. Cool. So I wanted to read one more thing before we wrap all this silliness up. Okay. And, um, this was sent in quite a while ago by a listener, and we apologize for not talking about this sooner, but um, I believe our listener's name was Catherine who sent this in, and she put the wrong link in the body of the email. And the header of it was something like, whenever I read this, I think of you. But the link was to something totally unrelated. Right, right. And I had to go. She put in another link for the article that was on FARC, and then I had to find the original thing. So finally we have it. <laughs> And this is a story from a while ago, um, and it says, um, Endangered turtle could put a snag in the resort casino project. will be addressed in a March hearing. So this is in the Boston Globe, Middleborough. Opponents of the Mashpee Wampanoag tribe's plan for a resort casino in Middleborough have found a potential ally in their bid to block the project. Weighing in at 10 pounds and favoring naps in the sun, it is the northern red-bellied cooter. Cooter! <laughs> Turtle that is listed on both state and federal. And it weighs 10 pounds. 10 pounds. State and federal endangered species list. So it's a whole article about how the cooter is going to hold up um, plans for this casino. And it's it's endangered. It's endangered. And it is, in fact, red belly. There's a beautiful picture of it here. And you can, look, it's got a, it's red. Yeah. Very red. <laughs> Stripey red, even. I wonder, is Angel Emily's site still up with her, her pictures oh, of her with I'm sure, Shatner? Oh, I'm sure it is. Jeez. The red-bellied cooter is confined to ponds and wetlands in Plymouth County. Their diminished numbers may be related in part to the destruction of their sandy nesting habitat by development, wildlife biologists say. Cooter. Cooter. I'm happy about that. <laughs> I'm happy we found out what the email was about, and it was very frustrating. What was that expression somebody sent us? Her, her, her something's a something, and her cooter's a hootin'. <laughs> I can't remember the first part. It was, it was something like that. It's I remember so cooter's a hootin'. Oh, oh, wait, wait, one more thing. Yes. Not, the cooter is not the last thing. Oh, this. We're going to end it on a total kitsch note. You sent me this thing. And it it's was, another media. It's another media bill is conquered. It's the Star Trek Express train set collection. And it's listed on Collectibles Today, which is probably the only place where you'd ever find it. Um, Star Trek celebrating 40 years. And it's a little train that lights up. And it has the, the cheesiest stuff painted on the side of it. It really does. The first one has Enterprise... Second one is that bad picture of them all on the bridge where Kirk has the tummy roll. Right, on right. Season. I have a bunch of postcards of that picture. And then some old things. Is it James T. Kirk? And it's got highly airbrushed pictures of him right there. Um, it's a seventy dollar value, and it's only um, sixty nine ninety five. Do you get all the the <laughs> trains? Uh, it doesn't say. Buy now. Oh, wait a minute. Issue. Issue one, a diesel locomotive. Issue two, a coordinating engine and free track set. Issue three, a passenger car and free power pack. Subsequent issues, 
additional train cars. So it's 70 bucks for each of these things. That's what I was thinking. And so it, we're running it, into money there. So there are three at least, and then subsequent issues, it means that they're just going to keep turning them out, and you have to keep paying $70 each time until you have the whole set. Mm-hmm. Train set. Star Trek train set. But you know what? You want I'm one, just, don't you? I'm just... I have a couple thoughts. I'm just really... Thank, thank, thank God for miniature trains. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, where would they have gotten the idea for the big ones? <laughs> and the other thing is, I believe I've shared this before you, with you before. I am not the only, um, I don't even know how to categorize this. A fanatical fan of something living on my block, and my block's pretty short, uh-huh. because also on my block is a very nice man mm-hmm. who is one of the preeminent uh, toy train people, really uh, uh, collectors in the country. Wow! And uh, he, he's got a very elaborate setup. And uh, one year, when the toy train convention. <laughs> collector's convention or whatever was held in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. there were busloads of people coming to, to see this. And uh, so I'm wondering if he has this. You should ask him. I should ask him. You should definitely ask him. Yeah. Collectible Star Trek electric train set collection. Collectible yeah. collection. Yep. <laughs> Good, because I wouldn't want a collection that wasn't no, collectible. No. This heirloom quality, these heirloom quality trains are precisely scaled. They make an ideal Star Trek collectible or Star Trek fan gift. And, of course, they come with certificates of authenticity. Because <laughs> you wouldn't want to get them without that. You wouldn't want to get a fake Star Trek miniature train. You know, I'm looking to see how many times the word collectible is used in this. And it's in every sentence here. Yeah. This exclusive collectible, a collectible Star Trek electric train set collection. Um, is This set collection is carefully handcrafted. This collectible. Yeah, it's like collectible, 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 collectible. Well, they want to make sure that if you type in collectible, this This page comes up. This is what you're going to come up. Okay. Yep. Well, I don't think either of us is going to be getting the Star Trek set pretty soon. I think that's going to be left for your neighbor. But it's it's pretty cool. It is cool. It's true. What do you think it... What kind of noise does it make? Does it go woo-woo or does it go... (laughs) Yeah, it would make that noise. That would be great. Or just a whoosh. Yeah. Like the Enterprise going by. Yeah. That'd be good. <gasps> when they're going to do the all aboard. Yeah. Boo. They do that. Mm-hmm. Attention all hands. That's this it. is Captain. Remain calm. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite announcement <laughs> ever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I like double red alert better. <laughs> Double Bill hadn't been a captain very long really? then, and, and he was a, a little overly excited. So he issued a double red alert. Double secret red alert. <laughs> it's yeah. a supersized <laughs> red alert. <laughs> it's so red, it's infrared. <laughs> it's way off the visible spectrum. I can't even see it anymore. That's one of the, the, the quizzes at Starfleet Academy are the different <laughs> colors of alerts and, and what they mean yeah. and, you know, oh. and wh- what is the justification in doubling one? And can you cut it back to 50%? One and a half? Yeah. One and a half red alerts. Like, you know, like a lighting design, you know, 
cut that to half. They have a dimmer switch on the red alert. A red alert is fading in. <laughs> Fade in red alert. Too loud, turn down. Yeah. <laughs> You could have a lot of fun with that. Do they have a twinkle light alert? This lights up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not the answer you were looking for, was it? This lights up. <laughs> but look, it has a twinkle on it, see? So maybe that train is <laughs> on alert. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> what, you know... Does it warp out, or does it really just run around a track like a, a real train? It goes around the track at warp speed, and it ends up back before it even leaves. <laughs> wow, that's pretty damn impressive. Pretty bad. <laughs> okay. I think we've had enough of this by I now. think we've worn that one and out. so have the listeners. So um, <laughs> we'll be back next time with more stuff. What? This, this what lights up. At? This lights up. <laughs> But ours goes to 11. I mean, it's just that pointless. Why do you want it? It lights up. It lights up. It does nothing else, but it lights up. This podcast lights up. (laughs) All over the world. Okay. Okay, that's enough of this. And we'll be back next time with even more, even more stuff.